Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we pray we come into the study of the Bible. It's a sacred time. It's a time where really we tremble before the Word of God. You look for people who will really tremble before the Bible. We tremble because it's the very words of God forever settled in heaven, preserved and sustained by you, the creator of all that is. Pray that you would enlighten us, that open our minds from the blinding that has taken place. The Bible says the God of this world have blinded the minds of them that believe not. So we know unbelief comes from the evil one and all human nature. We pray that we, you would unblind us and allow us to see wonderful, wondrous things out of thy law, as the Bible says. Help this to be clearly taught this morning to where it's able to be infused and inculcated in the minds of these folks and those listening by live stream or other means. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to say hi to Mrs. Pauly, who's watching on live stream, also Betty Hinton on live stream, and some of the other folks. We appreciate you. Thank you for being so faithful on the live stream and other ways. I want to talk to you about something I've talked about a couple times, but it's so good. I don't want to miss anybody. Uh, I, I preached a whole message on this on uh, 09. 09 was, what, 11 years ago? And then I uh, did a abbreviated version in Wednesday night prayer meeting about three or four years ago. <clears throat> but I've never done this for Sunday school class. And I want to do this uh, for you this morning, hopefully get through it. Um, and it's the topic of the sacred, the heresy. I call it the heresy of the sacred versus the secular. Uh, the verse, in our, this is our theme verse for our school is uh, whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever you ye do. Ye is plural, by the way. Do all to the glory of God. Whatever you do, do all that. What, now, whatever, what does whatever mean? Whatsoever. Whatsoever means whatsoever. But that is not the way we think. That is not the way we think. And I want to address that this morning by the grace of God. There's a double standard. In Christianity, that in some ways is killing us, it's a concept of the sacred and the secular. They, they place a wall of separation between the sacred and the secular. What is for God and good and, and is the sacred, and what's our normal mundane life duties is the secular. Maybe even your occupation. We got the secular, that's what we do for the world. Uh, but then the other one, the sacred counts for eternity. So you got this constant balance. And I used to struggle with this quite a bit, being I had a call into the ministry early on in my life. And yet I had a lot of uh, secular obligations that I needed to do every day. I was, uh, got, and I'm going to say it this way, because God called me into the floor covering business because my dad, about from the time I could help him at all, took me on floor covering jobs. He was in floor covering for 35 years, owned his own store and in Elkhart, Indiana. And so we worked in floor covering. And so he had me, I, I didn't even know my name. I thought my name was Mud Boy, Mud Boy, Mud Boy. They do it in all different kinds of renditions and ways and any way they could to make fun of you and encourage you and to irritate you. Now, why did they do that? They were trying to toughen you up. My dad was a Marine, went through World War II, didn't get a scratch, was miraculous, he knew it. But he didn't want to raise, a, he, didn't, he had three boys, he didn't want to raise three sissy boys. 
So he, he worked us over, man. He worked us over. I mean, we had to learn not to lose our temper. Because if in the process of calling you mud boy, you got upset, he'd whip you. You said, that ain't right. You get over it. You, you get over it. I mean, you just, you learn that life is not easy and that things don't go your way and you don't get to have it your way. And in fact, a lot of life is irritating. Amen. Yes. You girls, the girls had to do your hair this morning. That's got to be irritating. You girls had to paint, put some paint on, you know. But hey, I think it was Barney's paint and paint it. But if you put some paint on, that's got to be irritating. Putting junk on your face, you know, and, and it's just all that stuff. But it's what you do. And you put these things on called nylon. Did anybody wear nylons anymore? I don't know. Maybe not. I know I quit wearing them. Years ago, when I laid floor cover, I laid 17 years. From 19 years old, I was full-time, had my own van, was on my own subcontractor from 19 years old. Oh, about 17 years, I did full-time floor covering. I, in fact, my brother and I installed the floor here in uh, 1980. That, you can figure it up. That's uh, right at 41 years ago. We worked after work. We came in here and worked till midnight a couple nights to do this. And look how good that's lasted. It's shot now, by the way. The life of this floor is over. It's separating, shrinking, and looking nasty. People say to me, oh, that floor is still good. I said, well, let me come to your house and see if you get anything that looks that bad at your house. And you don't. You keep your houses perfect. Well, we're going to keep God's house better, too. So, uh, because this is some, some opinion what we what we have of our God. So anyway, and floor covering used to be real discouraging to me. I was calling to the ministry. going to, I eventually went to Bob Jones University for a while, then Pensacola, graduated from both places. And... Um, I was discouraged because I would be, you know, in the Holy of Holies for a while in class studying about God and everything, going to school, doing, doing the full-time Christian service ministry. And then in the afternoon, I'd have to go do the secular, mundane, floor covering, you know, upholstering carpet, kicking in carpet, or maybe doing vinyl, ceramic tile, whatever, you know, whatever was out there to do. And I had to go and work the rest of the day. Then I got done with that, and I got to go home and do the sacred I got to study the Bible and read my Bible till, you know, midnight or two in the morning and then do it all over again the next day, you know. So it was a constant battle between discouragement and encouragement. I was discouraged kind of when I did my secular work, thinking, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking, this is, never, this is for nothing. This is never going to count for anything. It's going to go away and it's going to be gone. Then when I do the sacred, I think, ooh, this is going to count for eternity. This has real value. This is phenomenal. So it would make sense to you with that mentality that I would be encouraged by what I did in the sacred, and I would be discouraged by what I did in the secular. Does that make sense to you so far? But the whole concept of full-time Christian service is wrong. Let me look in the camera. It's wrong. It's wrong. We shouldn't really use that terminology. And when I use it, I try to correct myself and or explain what I mean by full-time Christian service. Let me ask you a question this morning. Are you born from above? Anybody born from above, say amen. amen. Okay. Are you a child of God? Amen. Are you a servant of God? Amen. Are you, do you desire to do the will of God? Amen. Is that sacred? Amen. But all of you in here have all kinds of different obligations and have different uh, occupations and 
you know, various things that we do, right? And we have a veterinarian in here. We got a construction people in here. We got furniture sales people in here. We've got retired folks in here that used to do. We got a rock guy in here. Um, we've got uh, an EMS guy in here, a floor covering guy that can still walk. We got a we got a heavy equipment guy back there with Bill Wolf, heavy equipment and excavation and snow plowing. Snow plowing's not very good down here, is it? No, that don't work out. We got Jarvis, which is an air conditioning. Uh, do you guys uh, waste your t most of your day, and then once in a while you get to go do sac sacred things? I don't think so. So with this dilemma going on, I used to get real depressed when my car needed to be washed, and I was washing my car. And I'd be sitting there washing my car thinking, this is just a waste of time. This is just a waste of my life. I am eating up. You're given so much time. That's all you have. you got time. And you are given the prerogative on spending it. So you can spend it where it's not going to count, or you can spend it where it's going to count. This is the wrong thinking of secular versus sacred. I'm going to hopefully help you see the Bible teaches what I'm talking about. <clears throat> I'd mow my lawn. I'd think, oh, man, I'd mow the lawn. I'm so glad I eventually got a kid big enough could mow it. <clears throat> that way he could waste his time. Uh, wash the windows in my house, wax my vehicle, paint a house. It did all of that, you know, did plumbing, did, did you know, all this maintenance of the house. You name it. It was work without reward. I hated it. I was sad. It bothered me. This created in me a restlessness, a sadness, discontented feeling while doing the work. I felt like I'm doing this work and getting it over with so I can get to the good stuff. I knew something was wrong, though. The Holy Spirit in you, like, keeps letting you know that, that you know, maybe that you're just not kind of understanding this the way you should. But I could not understand why I did all this secular work so I could get to the sacred work. I mean, I knew I had to eat, pay bills, replace the things that I, I knew I had, I had to replace. Everybody's got to have a place to live. Usually a vehicle of some kind so you can have a job. I did get out of that whole thing of making money was I got to pay tithe or, and do offerings, which was, uh, that was, nah, that was sacred. All the other money was secular that I spent on all that other stuff. Uh, so I had that struggle. So let me give you some definitions here. The sacred is connected to God and his purposes. Let me read a little bit deeper one. Dedicated to religious purposes, so deserving veneration. The secular is denoting uh, attitudes, activities, or other things that have no religious or spiritual values. So that's pretty much what those two things say there. So there you have it. There you have it. That's the dilemma that I'm bringing up this morning uh, I'm going to ask you just for a show of hands, how many have suffered uh, this, this kind of thing I'm talking about so far? You, you, you felt what, how many have felt what I've felt? Somebody raise your hand, I'm going to feel really odd. <laughs> Two people. No, more, more than that. You feel this, this struggle, this struggle. But, and as children of God, we live simultaneously in two worlds. 
We live in the spiritual world, and we live in the natural world. In the spiritual, we have great satisfaction knowing that our work will never go away. It will be eternally rewarded. It's something for, it means something. In the secular, we're often frustrated, uneasy, discontented about all the labor and hours we spend. So we comfort ourselves that, oh, there's a better day of coming. We're not home yet. Soon, soon all the secular will be over. Soon this mundane stuff will end. So we comfort ourselves with those kinds of thoughts. A.W. Tozer calls it the secular sacred antithesis. He was a little fancier than me. The cure for this daily grind is to understand the teaching in the New Testament. That's what A.W. Tozer says. I think that's true. To use truth to dispel error, to change our thinking by knowledge of what God has said. And that's what we're going to do here this morning. So Jesus, well, let me go to the next slide here. Jesus knew of no such separation. Every minute of every day to Jesus was sacred. Serving the Father's will, he bathed he like, he like we do, he dressed like we do, he worked like a carpenter. He worked carpenter for probably right around 30 years, well not 30 years, but I mean he was from 5 years old, my dad started working, I mean, probably from 5 on, for 25 years, Jesus worked as a carpenter. He was like Tom Crichton, or Tom Crichton was like him maybe, and you could make stuff. Tom is a tremendous carpenter. Put stuff together. Now don't, now, don't ask him to do work for you, you know, but I'm not one to gossip. You didn't hear that from me. So uh, Jesus would have to sharpen his saw. Have you ever, there's nothing more mundane than have a file and a saw. And go, ten, 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 ten. Ten, 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 ten. You know, just it's slow. You ever sharpen a chainsaw? It's horrible. Just, you know, you're sitting there sharpening it. Or getting, am I getting the right answer? You're supposed to get a 30-degree angle on the thing. If you get a 40-degree angle, it's dull as a butter knife. If you're going to have a 30-degree angle and all that other stuff. And you get kind of frustrated with that whole thing. But Jesus did. He sharpened his saws. He sanded wood. Now, that's pretty mundane. Sanding wood. Sanding wood. You know why I'm not a woodworker? I can't stand sanding. It just seems too slow. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it's slow. You're mundane. You know, let's get it done. And if you do it fast, it's no good. You really got to sand it, stain it, sand it, stain it, sand it, and then uh, maybe uh, steel wool it. And then you get that real smooth, beautiful finish on that wood. But it takes about three goes you know three rounds of doing that so man i see you won't get me doing that too much but uh, how about household chores he jesus no doubt helped his mom with the household chores he did mundane duties that the world demands but there's not a hint in the new testament of his consideration of a division between the sacred and the secular and here's some verses uh the one there and he sent me it was with me, the Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. He concluded everything he did. Always is always. Always means all the time. Everything he did, he said, I do to please God. I'm doing to... what? You mean washing the car can be pleasing God? You mean sand and wood can please God? You mean doing plumbing can please God? You mean... Cleaning the floor can please God. That's what he said. 
Luke, Luke 2.52 says, Jesus increased in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and who? Oh, that's heaven and earth, God and man. So the things he did with man meant something, didn't it? Paul in the New Testament. Let me give you another slide, number five. The New Testament knows of no such division. Here's some verses. Colossians 3, 23. It says, Servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. Now let's go back on that verse. Servants obey in all things. Now, if you're working for Joe, that's laying cement. You know, if you're working in EMS, that's, that's putting some bleed stop on a wound. If you're working floor covering, that's laying some vinyl. You know, if you're working in a car, that's uh, redoing one of the buses. When, when old Bill's out there getting them buses running, keeping them going. When you're, when you're Tom Gillespie, that's, that's doing a hysterectomy on a, on a dog. I've been with Tom a couple of hysterectomies. I don't know if I could do them, but I'm, I, think, I think I'd have to bury my subject. But nevertheless, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it says in verse 24, Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of your inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Our school, as our theme verse, is trying to help our kids understand that whatever they do, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. How much? Do it all to the glory of God. Eating, drinking are mundane, but do it to the glory of God. Duties of the secular world may not be connected, obviously, with the sacred, but they are necessary to get to the sacred. This morning, I'm here. I shaved. I bathed. I put junk on my hair which is not dyed. I, it's too short to, you know you can't, you can't dye short hair like this. And so I brush my teeth. Oh, I hate to do that. I flossed my teeth as my dentist tells me to do every day. I hate that. I watched my wife put on all her stuff and go through all that. Is that necessary for the sacred. Well, I think you'd say amen. Turn me down one degree, Wendy. I'm, I'm working a sweat up here. Turn down one degree. And she is sweating. Look at her over there. In other words, what it takes to get ready to come to church is sacred. As sacred as coming to church. As sacred as sitting in a, in a seat in church. As sacred as, as when you pray, it's all part of the picture. If, if you dedicate your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, that whatsoever you do, you do unto the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and for his kingdom and for his glory, you bathe for his glory, you put deodorant on for his glory, you comb your hair and you get it cut for his glory, you fix your car for his glory, you keep your, you keep your house maintained for his glory, you, you do whatever you do, Whatsoever you do, you do for the glory of God. Uh, you praise, by, by the way, people think praising God uh, is holy. I think it is. I think it's, it's sacred. 
Well, they think prayer is sacred. Why wouldn't you think plumbing is sacred? She sneezed, so I'm going to repeat that. Why wouldn't you think plumbing was sacred? I'll tell you what, plumbing, I love plumbing, man. I love to have running water. I've been in third world. They don't have no running water, right? Brother Tom's been there. You don't get to go in the shower and go, oh, let me turn it turn out. Oh, that's a little too hot. That's a little too cold. In the third world, there's one temperature, cold. Especially if you're there in January, February, March, when it's really cold. They, they, don't, they don't take no warm bath. I've had, I've had those Haitian folks at my house. They will not use the hot water. They only use the cold water. And I mean, Florida cold water is not like Minnesota cold water, right? Minnesota cold water comes out with ice in it. <laughs> but, I mean, these, these Haitians at my house, I asked them, I said, why aren't you using the hot water? Well, we don't use the hot water. We don't have hot water where we live, and I don't want to get used to it here because if I go home, I'll be dissatisfied with it. So he says, I take cold showers. That's, I challenge you to take a couple cold showers, see how they feel. I'll tell you one thing, they're brief. These women getting in there for 45 miles. I'm going to tell on my daughter-in-law because she's not here. She stayed with us. They can move down here. They stayed with us for three months, and I'm not used to having a girl in the house, okay? I mean, besides my wife. But uh, my wife's not a girly girl. She's a tomboy girl. And so a girly girl, you know, they spend 45 minutes in the shower, hot water, steamy hot water. And, man, I was using my hot water up, and I'm kind of like John Perez a little bit. I'm thinking the money's kind of going through my mind a little bit. I'm thinking, man, this is this one was killing me. So we, we had such small plumbing. We had a little half-inch plumbing, which I highly recommend you never do when you build a house. Use big plumbing because otherwise, one end of the house, if you run the hot water, you got no hot water on the other end of the house. You know what I'm talking about? Well, that was my house. So I got the great idea. Well, she's in there having a hot shower. I'm going to run the all. Oh, I turned my, my faucet in my bedroom to hot. I heard, ah! It didn't hurt. It was just cold. I made points with her, though. I really did. It's all part of the necessity and the process of serving God and doing His will. Laying carpet was as much doing God's will as what I'm doing right now. Plumbing is as much as God's will as what the preacher does or whatever you consider the most sacred thing a human being can do. If you dedicate your life to God, everything you do, you dedicate to Him. Whatsoever you do. Amen? Girls, when you're doing your dishes, it's, it's in the will of God, in the time of God, in the place of God. When you're, when you're, when you're doing the laundry, no, nothing can be much more mundane than doing laundry or doing dishes. You've done them over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Still haven't gotten smart enough to buy paper. My wife and I, we do paper, man, paper plates, paper cups, plastic silverware. I just throw everything away when we're done. But... But no, no, we, we, we do dishes a little bit with dishwashers real hard, you know, put them in there and push out the door. But my mom, my mom, we had five of us, you know, and we, we had our turn. I washed dishes for like three years. I had to wash all the dishes for three years of a whole day. And so, you know, you get in there with it. And if it wasn't good enough, you know, she'd come by and say, now, she'd take them, put them back in the sink, do them all over again. I'd be like, come on, I think I'm just going to cry. 
She said, shut up, do them. I'm trying to toughen you out. Uh, you go door to door. None of you go door to door without doing secular work first. Otherwise, you couldn't drive your car from point A to point B because it would be flat tire, broken down, whatever, nasty. Your, your, your vehicle, some people, when they go door to door, they worry about parking their car and somebody will maybe do something to it. Some people's car, when they park it, people feel so sorry for them, they put money in the, in the door. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you know, most of you, though, however, have vehicles that I understand why you're concerned about them, you know what I'm saying? And, but you've got to have something to go door-to-door -door with. So the secular comes before the sacred. Let me see. I want to make sure I don't miss any of my slides here. So anyway, the painful duality, once you realize this, is gone. It's gone. What a day that was. What a day when, I, when it finally dawned on me and I grew to the point where I understood that there was no difference between the secular and the sacred if you dedicated your whole life to God. Because you had to do the sacred you ha because it was God's will. You had to do the secular because it was God's will to get to the sacred, or if you want to call it that, or whatever you did. Because when I laid forth coming, and brother, you know this, brother Moore, you got in houses that I'd never get in. When you lay forth coming, you're invited in, you're invited in gated communities, you're invited in places. I went into really high-level, high-end places and got to give those old boys a gospel track. Now, they'd never let you in the gate. You wouldn't even, I, one time I had to go through three gates to get to this guy's house. Three gates. That's a sin. Nobody needs to live that, that protected. Three gates. And so I finally get into the guy's house and, and, you know, talk to him about Jesus. And he eventually came to church for a few times, heard the gospel, and got exposed to the gospel. A three-gator. Most of you just one-gators. Maybe some of you two-gators, but not too many three-gators in this room. Three-gators. Some of you got no gates like me. Well, actually, I do have a gate. I'm a one-gator. I, I forgot about that. I've, I've come up in the world. So we dedicate ourselves to God, we give everything to God, and, and everything we do is, is in God sacred in a sacred way, He'll use your plumbing to put you to people that will, they'll never see me, they won't talk to me, they won't give me the time of day, but because well, brother, they need you. They need you, so they'll let you can talk about Jesus to them. You know, what are you gonna do? Throw me out? You got a leak. No, 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 stay here. I'm good with it. I'm good with it. So whatsoever you do, go out in the world and preach Christ where you go, where your job calls you to go. Take Christ with you. Take the gospel with you. Pass out tracts if it's possible. Give a verbal witness by the grace of God. Uh, make everything you do a priestly ministry. Now, I'm not saying that the old habit of trying to separate the sacred from the secular won't want to come back on you. It wants to come back. Old habits, they die hard. I decided when I had, a, I had one child, it was a boy, I decided that I was going to take two Saturdays a month, I was going to schedule two Saturdays a month, and he and I were going to go fishing together. Now, that sounds carnal to most of you. You have to buy a boat. You have to, you have to buy a boat, find a place to fish. We did Okeechobee. And then, but it was a schedule. It was a job. Because uh, if I didn't do that, I wouldn't do it. I, I'm a slave to my schedule. 
So I told Troy, I said, we're going to go, we're going to go fishing. If, if Kathy got off, she could go. If she was working, she stayed and worked, whatever. But you know what that did for me and my son? We got to spend 12 hours together, having a little bit of fun, a little relaxation. Some people call it quality time. I don't believe you can get in a room with somebody and say, okay, now let's have high quality. <laughs> I think things just shut down. I think people just, you know, teenagers got this thing that goes like this. They're looking at you, but there's nothing there. And so you, 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 they put the wall down. But, but in, one, in, the, in the process of fishing, going over there, eating, coming, it was a two-hour drive over, two-hour drive back, fishing for eight hours or whatever it was. And we would catch fish. Some days we did well, some days we didn't do well. But the process of the whole thing, he would talk to me about life and about his struggles. And I got to talk to him about what life was about. And, his, and, and the, you know, this, what is life? What, what is this thing about? And serving God and how the kids, the kids a lot of times around him would want to bring him down and pull him down. And I talked to him about purity. I talked to him about sexual purity, waiting, till, waiting to have sex till he got married. Why would you do that? Why would you wait? You've got to explain that. Because the world's saying there ain't no reason to wait. There ain't no reason to wait. Get it and get it young and get it long, get it hard and get it as far as you can. I mean, that's the world. But God don't say that. He says, I want you to be monogamous. That's a big word. I want you to, be, I want you to have a relationship with one woman your whole life. And if she dies... Your marriage is over, and you can get remarried. But I wouldn't recommend it. I just found out yesterday, you will not believe what I'm getting ready to tell you. A 90-year-old man lost his wife. 90-year-old man lost his wife. He grieved about a year. And he got remarried. He got remarried at 92 years old. The only good thing I can think about that is if it's bad, it won't last long. That's the only good thing I can think about it. I keep telling my wife, because we men die ahead of our women most always. And so we got 10 widows and one widower. What's that tell you? So, uh, you know, we, I told her I got a John Deere tractor and some guns and some ammunition and stuff. I said, that'll be good for your new husband after I die. She says, you've ruined me. I'm never getting married again. The Father wants our worship to be real, to be pure, to be from the heart. He, in, he inhabits us with the Holy Spirit. The Holy of Holies is within you. I, I'm, I'm going to talk to you about a doctrine. I've got to quit right now, but the Holy of Holies is in me now. As a Jew, I never could go into the holy place, never go into the Holy of Holies. As a born-again Christian, 
I enter into the throne room of God boldly and make my requests known to receive mercy and grace to help in time of need. Come on. The Holy Spirit's with me everywhere I go. Everything you do is sacred if you'll give it to him. Father, help us in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.